Welcome to the Root Cause Revolution podcast with functional and integrative nurse nutritionist and energy medicine practitioner, Audrey Christie. Hey friends, welcome to this special bonus episode of the Autoimmune Revolution podcast. So this is a bonus episode only for subscribers. So if you're either on my news list, news list, newsletter list, or a subscriber on your podcast provider, that's the only way you have access to this episode. Um, I also am answering questions about it and taking it further, of course, in the wellness circle. You can find that at audreychristie.com forward slash Facebook. It's a private exclusive community um, just for women who are on a health and wellness journey and who want to make the steps that we talk about in this episode more actionable. So I'm so excited to bring this to you. So what we're talking about today, two things. I am spilling the tea on the new USDA dietary guidelines that are going to carry us through from now until 2025. I am also wanted to talk to you about a new study that came out, um, and I can link both of these in the show notes, of course, um, on your podcast provider. There won't be a blog post for this episode because it is a bonus for you, but We're also going to talk about a new study that really gives us some good information, kind of cuts through all the nutrition nonsense, all of the fad stuff about whether you should be low fat or low carb or um, vegetarian or vegan or carnivore or any of those things. And so it's a good basis to look to, not the USDA guidelines, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but the study is a good basis to look to so that you can make that the foundation of your nutrition plan and then customize it from there on what your best route is. And we'll talk about that in a minute. First, let's start with the new USDA guidelines. So depending on um, your, when you were born, your age, right, you might remember the food pyramid. That used to be how the USDA guidelines USDA guidelines were delivered. Right now, in more recent years, it may have been the last session. They update them every five years. The last session, um, they changed it to my plate. It might have even been two sessions ago. And so instead of a pyramid showing what your foundation should be, and then like the smallest thing you should have is, you know, fats and oils, I think is what it used to be. Now it's the shape of a plate because it can help people supposedly visualize it better. Now, these guidelines are supposed to be science based, right? <laughs> Um, and so the changes that they made, they're not all bad. So I will certainly give credit um, to where where they did make some decent changes. But they had a committee of scientists and doctors that requested certain changes. And then the lobbyists uh, were able to come in and, and get rid of the changes that the scientists said are really, really necessary, right? So it's kind of like, it's kind of just status quo, same old, same old, right, for big farm. And you could use big farm like pH, like pharmaceutical, or big farm with an F, like farm, right? And And really, these new guidelines and the fact that it was so... Uh, overtly disregarded the science that the committee brought was so overtly disregarded for the lobbyists. It's just one more reason for you to look out for your own health. And I'm always telling you that, right? Look out for your own health. It is up to you. Even the information that I give out, I want you to fact check it. I want you to research it. I want you to say, is this, does this resonate? And I want you to leave it behind if it doesn't. Um, but if we're looking outside of yourself to agencies, right? To the media or good Lord, the government, then don't <laughs> because 
often the information they are giving out. These agencies, and it's not just the USDA, I'm not going to talk about other agencies right now, but I might in future bonus episodes, but these agencies like the USDA, they don't actually have people's best interests in mind. They are run by politicians and lobbyists who are doing favors directly for or kind of around for big business to get things passed. These big businesses use these lobbyists and these politicians to get things passed. And then these politicians, they are either paid a couple hundred thousand dollars now for the the privilege of helping the lobbyists and these big companies get things passed like the USDA guidelines, or they get nothing now. And then when they are done with their political careers, they're paid millions to sit on the boards of these companies. And you can research that as well. It's a well-known fact, just pick one, (laughs) pick a board member from a well-known company or um, something like the Dairy Farmers of America, and you will find many politicians. Look at their voting history and then go back. It's a very easy thing to trace. But basically what happened is the scientific community, the two big changes the scientific community wanted was one, significant limits on added sugar. And we're not talking like fruits, right? We're not talking natural added sugars. We're talking about limits on refined sugar. And that was, they decided not to change that based on the lobbyists, right? Um, And the USDA even said in a quote from the USDA that they know and agree that the right thing to do is to lower that limit, but they choose not to at this time. The second thing that that scientific community wanted was limits on alcohol. They don't want a daily recommendation on alcohol at all because there is no beneficial level of alcohol. When you have a recommendation for alcohol, it makes people think that you should have this much alcohol in a day or you should have this much alcohol in a week. And that's not the case. Alcohol is toxic to your system no matter what. And so the scientific committee of doctors asked for doctors and researchers, like PhD doctors and and lots of different doctors, asked for the alcohol recommendation to be scrapped completely. And again, the USDA says, while they agree with the scientific community, uh, committee, not community, the scientific committee on this recommendation, that they are not going to do it at this time, which is terrible. (laughs) But Just so you know, that's why I'm bringing this to you, because a lot of people are like, well, I'm eating what, you know, my plate tells me to have. I'm having my serving of grains and dairy and meat and my tiny serving of vegetables and fruit each day. Um, It must be the fruit that is making me fat or that is making my health go in this direction. And that is just not the case. And I can't harp on that enough. I can't harp on that enough. So it is important, though, to point out a couple things that they did do. That is good. This is the first time that they've had recommendations for all life stages. So previously, they only had recommendations for adolescents and above. Now it goes all the way to newborns. Um, And it's important to note that they did that. They also said no sugar or dairy for children under two years old, um, which is a great cause. Now, if they just push that dairy limit take the dairy recommendation off of it altogether, that would also be super beneficial, but I doubt that happens uh, at least in the next 10 or 15 years. Um, I don't expect that to happen because these are powerful lobbyists um, and it's just what we have to deal with. Now, the second little bit of tea I wanted to spill is about this new study and it helps you 
it helps you tremendously, right? Because as you know, there is a whole lot of noise in diet culture. There's a whole lot of noise in the wellness culture like that that covers itself up as diet culture. There's just a whole lot of noise, right? And everywhere you look, you don't know if you should be low carb or low fat or if you should do keto or if you should do carnivore or is vegan the right thing to do or vegetarian or plant-based or any of these things. So rather than looking that direction, especially if you're not sure what, what works for you, I'm always here to help you if you need help on what you ought to try or what might work for your condition, because friends, it is different for everyone. There are some people that keto is the right way to go, um, but most people are doing keto in a way that might create some weight loss for them, which is fine. But you have to remember weight loss is a side effect. It's not a cause. So if you're reducing weight loss with keto by eating all of these ultra processed foods, by trading your bread in for dairy, then guess what? You're creating more problems in the long run. You might end up losing all of the weight, but you are going to be so inflamed and have so many, you know, your thyroid's going to be shot, your hair's going to fall out, all of those things, right? So I'm getting off track here, but the thing to know is they did a study. Uh, it's out of the UK, 45,000, 44,900 and something. So basically 45,000 participants. And it was what causes, what it was on morbidity and mortality of nutrition. Largest study to date over the longest period of time to date. And what they found is that the number one predictor for morbidity and mortality, so that means death and disease from nutrition, is the amount of ultra processed foods. Now they use the word process, but we're going to talk a little bit about what the difference between ultra process and process means. So that is the number one cause. So that means if you are eating vegan and all you're having is vegan mac and cheese and vegan burgers from the freezer section and, uh, you know, that sort of, you know, potato chips, Oreos are vegan. Like if, if that's your diet, then it doesn't matter. You're not going to get the benefits of a vegan diet. Okay. That means if you're eating keto and you're eating bacon and processed meat and cheddar cheese blocks and all of those things, you're not going to get the benefits, the healing benefits of the ketogenic diet. So, the number one predictor is processed foods. And they also showed that that predictor is exponential. So the exact numbers are for every 10% of processed foods that you eat, you have a 14% increase in morbidity and mortality and mortality, not in mortality. Um, so 10% equals a 14% increase. 10% of foods equals a 14% increase. Exponentially means that that means if you ha eat 20% ultra processed foods, that you now have a 28% increase in morbidity and mortality. 30% processed foods, I'm going to have to do math here, 42% increase, right? So you see how that goes. It's exponential. Um, and so real quick, I hope you understand what that means. That means the biggest key factor and whether or not you have a disease process or an ultimate death from the way you eat is if you can decrease the amount of ultra processed foods. Now I'm going to call them ultra processed. The study again said processed foods, and I will link those studies in the show notes so you can review them yourself. The reason why I use the term ultra processed and a lot of my colleagues do too, is because if you buy a bag of broccoli, it's processed. Now, what does that mean? That means it was picked in a field, washed off, maybe put in a bag and sold to you at the grocery store. 
ultra processed would be if it was then covered in butter, cheese, oils, preservatives, what have you, and then put in the freezer section. Does that make sense? Um, Broccoli may be a bad example because you can actually buy frozen broccoli that doesn't have any additives. But the difference between a processed food and ultra processed food is if you buy a package of turkey lunch meat and you turn it over and it has any ingredients other than turkey breast, that is an ultra processed food. If you buy any food in a package and it's simply packaged so that you can buy it and take it with you, right? Because you couldn't just like load your buggy up with raw chicken meat, right? Or you couldn't just load your buggy up with hemp seeds. They have to be processed in some way to put them in a package to make them sellable. So if you turn the package over, it has any ingredient other than the thing that you think it is, then it is an ultra processed food. Potato chips, ultra processed. No matter how clean they are, no matter how organic they are, ultra processed food. Um, Lar bars, ultra processed food. Even though they're on the better end of ultra processed food, it's still an ultra processed food and still should not make up the bulk of your diet. Lettuce in a bag, or a lot of them are in those little plastic uh, clamshell type boxes. If it has any ingredient other than lettuce, it's an ultra processed food. So that's kind of the way to gauge. So if you're looking at all the options out there, or hell, maybe you've tried all the options out there, and you're wondering, like, which one which one should I try to start my healing journey? One, make sure you've downloaded the Autoimmune Revolution Kickstart at AudreyChristie.com forward slash autoimmune. That will give you five steps to take, including a phase one energy and detox pathway um, cleanse, which has added new, not cleanse, uh, phase one starting, you know, it's not a cleanse, but phase one starter session. And that will get your body ready to make any changes, right? It it reinvigorates your mitochondria, which is the energy center in your cell. It also helps your detox pathways because if you're not pooping, you're not detoxing and nothing's going to work. But I digress. But you do want to download that at AudreyChristie.com forward slash autoimmune. Even if you've already gotten it, this is a new version. So make sure and go grab that again. It was just updated in January of 2021. So that is the first step. That's how you get started. Then you want to look at the foundational piece. Don't worry about, am I eating enough vegetables? Am I eating enough fruit? Am I eating enough protein? Am I having too many carbs? Those kind of things. Stop and look at your ultra processed foods. Okay. You don't want to be having those every single day, and you don't want to be having those multiple times a day. And I know it's easier said than done, absolutely, and it will probably happen on a roller coaster where sometimes you have more and sometimes you have less, and that happens too. That is A-OK. But that that's going to be the key factor there is getting rid of those ultra-processed foods. Then from there, decide what, and you may have to try a couple different things, especially if you're going to DIY it. If you need help with that, I can help you. Uh, you can We can run some labs. We can talk about your history. There are ways to do it in order to determine what the best type and style of eating is for your unique bio-individual human suit, okay? So if you have more questions about this, if you have more questions about how to take any of this and make it actionable for you, again, I'd love to have you join us in the wellness circle. Since this is a bonus episode, you may already be a part of that. AudreyChristie.com forward slash Facebook. To wrap this up, remember, you are responsible for your own health and wellness, okay? You're responsible to research what doctors tell you, what I tell you, 
or to ask questions enough so that you understand. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for being a listener so that you get the, and a subscriber, so you get this bonus episode. Um, if you have a second, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a quick rating or review. It helps me help more people start their own autoimmune revolution, their own health and wellness revolution, and to heal their bodies. I'm always rooting for you, friend. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Root Cause Revolution podcast. Be sure and subscribe on your favorite podcast provider. Ratings and reviews are always appreciated.